And please welcome our host, Christopher Roush. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls? It is I, Christopher Roush. You're no excuses, coach, and you are here at the Raw and Unscripted Show. Thank you guys all for being here so much, whether you're watching live on the video cast or you're listening back on the audio podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for being here, spending your time with us every single week. Uh, God's Honest Truth, we are on show number 200, and what's tonight's show? What's tonight's show? You should know this stuff, huh? I should know this stuff, huh? Tonight is 225. Tonight is the 225th show of the Raw and Unscripted show. And wow, am I proud. I am super proud. I started this show back in January of 2019 with the intention of coming here every single week, raw and unscripted. And that's exactly what you're going to get tonight because ladies and gentlemen, for those of you guys listening on the audio podcast, you can't see this, but I have no sleeves on tonight. No sleeves on. The guns are out. Normally, I wear my black shirt or my white shirt or my gray shirt or something like that. What's up, Facebook user? Uh, but tonight, the sleeves are off. The gloves are off. It is totally going to be very raw and unscripted tonight because I'm just going to jump right into it. I have had a day where I have helped quite a few people who are dealing with a lot of stuff. And we're going to be talking about that here on the show tonight. So I encourage you to write down some notes tonight. I encourage you to take some action from tonight's conversation because the thing that happens when you start to internalize and you start to take action on the things that you learn about, you can make progressive change. And that's why I titled the show, Creating a No Excuses Confidence and Unstoppable Resiliency. I'm going to be talking about that tonight. So thank you guys all for being here. Um, and just to let you guys know that there is a couple of links here in the Facebook thing. Um, one of the things that I'm promoting, obviously, that talks about my resiliency and everything else that's going on in my life is this book. This book was sent off to my editors a couple of days ago. I am super excited about it. You guys keep hearing me talk about it. It's taken me three years to put this book together. It's just you and me, kid. It's a story of a mother and son survival on the streets of California. Uh, this is an amazing book of resiliency. And when um, I was working with my coach, the great Sally Anderson, she asked me a couple of questions and she said, Chris, why are you still here today? And I said, you know why I'm still here today? And I'm going to share this with you because I believed every single day, I believed somehow, some way I was going to get through that day. The other part of that is I never gave myself any excuses, never gave my, never gave myself any excuses from the abuse that I, that I endured from my childhood inside my home, from the bullying I endured from the kids on the street where I lived, from the bullying and the abuse that I dealt with with the kids at school every single day in every single way. I just stayed unstoppable. And that's why I have these wristbands. I'm obviously wearing them. I obviously live them. And it's all about the fact that we take that imperfect action every single day in order to live this life that we get to live. You know, so many people sit there and talk about every single day, like I have to do this and I have to do that. The God's honest truth is you don't have to do anything. You really don't. You guys get to make the choices. And we're going to be talking about some of the specific strategies that I've used in my life in order to be able to be the person that writes this book to talk about all the different ups and downs and all the different struggles that I've experienced because they've all happened for me. And when you think about your life and you think about wherever it is that you're in your life right now, what is your perspective? Is your perspective on being a victim? Is your perspective on being a bitch? Is your perspective on being, oh my God, poor me, life is happening and I just don't know what to do anymore. Or is your perspective to say, you know what, whatever has happened in my life has prepared me to be in this moment where I'm at right now. And I get to choose. I get to choose. You get to choose your attitude. You get to choose your choices. There's a great book out there by Viktor Frankl, Man's Search for Meaning. And in that book, he talks about, he's a Holocaust survivor. He went through Auschwitz. 
And I just actually recently got to see an amazing Holocaust uh, exhibit here in Southern California, which was mind blowing and completely devastating to me to, to sit there and think that, that these people went through this, but that's another subject. But he went through these processes and through all the abuse and every the neglect and the lack of food and all the beatings and everything just because of his religion and just because of where he was from. He said, you can, you can, you can make me feel pain and you can make me feel all these different things, but you can never tell me how to feel up here. And that's what I want to get across to you tonight. No matter where you've been in your life, no matter who has said what to you, you get to choose right here and right now, whether or not you're going to continue to be a victim of that situation, or if you're going to decide to rise up. And one of the things I want to talk about, and I want to show you is the way is the way we get conditioned in our life. So I'm going to show you this, uh, this little graphic right here. What's up, beautiful people we got, well, we got, uh, we got, we got Scott going in the house. My brother, Scott, I appreciate you being here. He says, uh, he says heading off to heading out to walk the dog. Love you, brother. Love you too. Go Chris. Uh, Facebook user. Unfortunately, I think my, my, uh, my raw and unscripted group, it doesn't show the name on there. So uh, I'm sorry about that. So you're just gonna have to let me know who you are. Uh, we got Brian Kelly in the house. He says the one and only, uh, Christopher Roush. Yes. He says life in his hap life is happening for me. So yes. Um, I appreciate love all you guys for being here. So let me just, uh, present this, uh, share the screen here. Apologize. My, 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 uh, computer is, uh, right here. So I'm going to show something to you. This is something the way that I work in my coaching and the way that I work and I believe in my life. So what happens down here is this conditioning process. You guys have heard me talk about this. The conditioning process is what happens in our lives from pretty much the age of zero to five. So when you think about age zero to five, what experiences did you have happen in your life? What beliefs did you create in your life? Because those conditioning processes created those beliefs, whether or not you were worthy, whether or not you were loved, whether or not you were a good singer, whether or not you were smart, whether or not you were whether whatever decision you made that created your belief. And after your belief, that belief creates your attitude. So if you have the belief that I'm not worthy, if you have the belief that you're not, that it's not easy to get love, if you have the belief that you're not intelligent, if you have the belief that you're ugly, if you have the belief that you're stupid, guess what? That creates that attitude and that attitude creates those feelings. So if you're walking through life and you have this attitude and you have these feelings about your unworthiness or the fact that you're a victim, guess what? That comes out in your actions. And this all becomes a very, very vicious cycle that's going to keep repeating over and over again because we have to change. And my condition, I can't change the conditioning of the situations that you've been. But what I'm going to do tonight is we're going to talk about changing your beliefs, right? One of the things I talk about in this book a lot is how I had to change my belief about my past, my present, and my future every step of the way every step of the way, the imperfect action of not even trusting and what I was doing, but understanding the fact that if I kept taking that imperfect action every single day, I would change my belief pattern. I would change my thoughts and my actions and my feelings and ultimately recreate my life by taking that imperfect action every day. But what happens? We get locked into that belief system like, oh, if I make a mistake, then I'll lose worthiness, then I'll lose love, or then I'll be seen as a failure. And so what do we do? We stay in our comfort zones for our entire life, hoping, wishing, and praying that someday something changes. But I'm here to tell you tonight that the thing that's got to fucking change is you. You. Nobody's going to come save you. Nobody's going to come apologize to you. You're the one that has to repurpose your beliefs in order to change what your attitudes and your actions are. And until you do that, you're going to keep staying in that cycle, hoping, wishing, and praying that something changes and nothing's going to change. That cycle of insanity is going to end up in what I affectionately call one of the greatest books that I've ever read. This one, The Five Regrets of the Dying. The five regrets of the dying. My biggest amount of leverage in my life is that I don't want to live with any regrets. I don't want to get to my deathbed and realize that I could have been somebody totally different. I don't want to get to the end of my journey and realize I could have made so many different decisions that weren't based on what everybody else thought. 
right? The five regrets of the dying, the biggest regret of the dying. This is a hospice nurse that sat with a bunch of people who were dying. And so she created this list. You can actually go see it online. You can just type in five regrets of the dying. The biggest regret of the dying was the fact that they lived the life they thought they were supposed to live and they didn't live the life that they wanted to live. And so when you think about this, where are you at? What is your belief about your situation right now? Is your belief right now hopeless? Is your belief that nobody loves you? Is your belief that you're unworthy? And God forbid your belief is that you're not loved, right? Do you love yourself? Yes or no? That is one of the most powerful questions that you can ask yourself. Do you love yourself? Yes or no? And if you struggle with loving yourself, then here's like, I got something for you right away. It's called the five, right? If you struggle with loving yourself, how are you taking care of your hydration, your nutrition, your sleep, your exercise, and your vitamin D? The five core components of taking care of yourself. Most of us don't take care of our nutrition. We don't get enough exercise. We don't get the right amount of sleep. We don't hydrate. We don't get vitamin D. We let, we, and then we sit there, we, we wonder, wonder why we're not happy. We wonder why we're unfulfilled. We wonder why we have this lack capacity in our brains because we're not taking care of ourselves. And most of you guys out there are probably taking care of everybody else but yourself. Are you taking care of everybody else but yourself? Are you pouring all your love into everybody else, hoping, wishing, and praying, expecting that maybe it's going to come back on you, but it doesn't. And so you live in that mindset, that belief. Again, that belief is creating your attitude and your feelings and your actions. And it just keeps going over and over again. When are you going to stop the cycle of insanity? When are you going to stop it? When are you going to realize that you're the person that's making the, the decisions and the, and the, and the control? Um, Oh, it's a, it's a, it's me, Patty. What's up, Patty? Um, appreciate you being here, Patricia. I appreciate you. You are a sweetheart. Uh, so many exciting things coming up. Um, so when you think about that, I want to show you something else. This is a, a basis. What the hell is that? That is not what I wanted. Um, that's pretty funny. Um, I clicked on something else and I wanted to show you this. So the, the basis of how I do my coaching is pretty simple. And this is something I want to walk you through as we kind of build upon this discussion tonight. Uh, I want to walk you through something because this is important stuff. Um, bu, 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 bu. And by the way, if you have any questions, I want you to ask them. This is an interactive conversation with me and you. And this is what I call my coaching model. And so this is, again, building on what we were talking about before. This is a, a nice Venn diagram that I put together about how it is that I coach and how it is that I see life. And so I want you to pay attention to every single detail here because then we're going to go and we're going to break this down a little bit. So with the sweet spot right here, it's called the kick-ass guide to life. That's having a kick-ass life. That's living unstoppable. That's living in no excuses. I've got the confidence. I'm ready to go crush the world kind of life. But in order to have that, we have to have three other components. We have to have our purpose. We have to have mindset mastery. And of course, because I'm the no excuses coach, we have to have no excuses. So when you think about that, when you go to just mindset mastery, if you don't have mindset mastery, if you don't have control of your mindset, guess what? You're probably not getting the results that you want in your life. And if you're not getting the results in your life, you probably don't have any passion in your life. And if you don't have any passion in your life, you probably don't have any fulfillment in your life because what? You don't have commitment. Think about that again. You don't have mindset mastery. Where's your commitment? You're not getting the commitment because you're not getting the results. You don't have the passion. You don't have the fulfillment. Same thing over here on this side. When you think about if you don't have personal accountability or if you don't have a coach that's holding you accountable, what's happening? Nobody's holding you to a greater standard. Nobody's holding you to that higher standard that you know you can do. Because oftentimes we say, Chris, I'm doing the best I can. And I've even said that myself. I'm doing the best I can. It's bullshit. Because if you have accountability in your life, if you don't have that, you don't have any, you don't have any certainty. If you don't have any certainty, you don't have any significance. And if you don't have any significance, you're certainly not creating a legacy that you're going to be proud of. And when you think about the five regrets of the dying, did those people create a legacy that they were proud of? Maybe some did, maybe some didn't. And again, down this lower quadrant, when you think about this, this no excuses life, 
right? If you don't have an, if you don't have a no excuses life, where's your responsibility? If you don't have a responsibility, then you're most likely being a victim. You're lacking discipline in your life. And if you're lacking discipline in your life and you're not getting results, you're not doing all these other things. You probably don't have a lot of integrity. You probably don't have a lot, a lot of self-love and a lot of self-trust. So when you think about this, when it comes back up here to purpose, what is your purpose? Is your purpose to survive every single day and hope, wish, and pray that something changes one day? Oh, maybe this will happen. Maybe that'll happen. Maybe if I play the lottery, then this will happen. What we're going to be talking about tonight is the change of all of this, right? So when you think about what is your purpose, and you guys know, for those of you guys have been watching the show long enough, my purpose became very clear to me when I wrote my eulogy back in 2008, when I decided at a funeral, what was going to happen if I died the next day, who would show up and what would they say? And I figured 10 or 15 people would show up and they'd be like, oh, Chris was great. He was a party animal. He fucking did this stupid shit, did that stupid shit. Oh yeah, by the way, he was a seventh grade homeless dropout that wrote a number one best-selling book that changed the world. And I thought about that. I'm like, I don't want to be remembered as this party animal that all of a sudden, yeah, changed the world. And so I went home and I wrote my eulogy and the crux of my eulogy says that Christopher Roush will have fought for what's right and what's fair, that he will risk for which that mattered and he will have left the earth a better place for who he was and what he did. My purpose my purpose gives me vision. My purpose gives me the opportunity to say, is this working for my favor? Is this working towards the purpose and the passion that I want or not? Is this lending to the legacy that I want to build or not? And suddenly we're faced with what we have to make are called tough decisions. And that's one of the things I want to talk about tonight as well as the tough decisions that you might have to make, the people you might have to let go of to become the person that you're meant to be. Who are you tolerating in your life? Who, what, what people are dragging you down? Are there people there that are saying, yeah, Chris, go for it. Yeah, Chris, write that book. Yeah, Chris, do that course. Yeah, Chris, go after those dreams. Or do you got people saying, you should play it safe. You should do this. You should do this. Oh, you should do what I want you to do because that'll get you my favor. That'll make you good in my book. Fuck everybody else's book and just go by what you want to do. What is your passion? What is your purpose? And for the people that are in your life that are holding you back, wish them well. I can't count how many different relationships that I've had to wish people well. They thought I was being selfish. They thought I was being an asshole. But unfortunately for them, I had to continue with my life, not the life that they wanted me to live, not the safety and the security and the misery that they were living in because it made them feel better because there was more people like them. No, no, I had to continue moving on with my life. And even so much, so much to the point you're going to read in the book, I got to a point Here's my buddy, Dave Grohl, by the way. Um, that's for you, Patty. Um, I got to a point in my life after two times I tried to kill myself. Two times I tried to kill myself. Fortunately, I sucked at it. But then I had a, a gun put to my head, a nine millimeter pistol put to my head because the guy thought I was fucking racist. And I was like, no, it's the cigarettes that you stole that I don't want. It's not the color of your skin. If you're going to pull the fucking trigger, pull the fucking trigger. That's the God's honest truth. I thought I was going to hear a click and I thought that would be it. And I was going to be dead. And then my mom would finally figure out how much she probably loved and needed me. But fortunately, somebody ran out and ran interference and that, that situation didn't happen. But what it caused me to do is it caused me to make one of the toughest decisions that I ever had to make in my life. I was 17 years old. I'd been homeless for four years. I dug through dumpsters. I had all these different things that had happened to me. My mother was raped. You're going to read about all in the book and so much more. I was faced with a decision that my life was going to turn out in one of three ways that I was going to wind up in a cop car and I was going to wind up in jail because I was doing bad things with bad people. I was going to wind up in a pine box because I was doing bad things with bad people. And I was being stupid. I was drinking. I was doing drugs. I literally was living on the edge at 17 years old. I was, I was a 35 year old man in a 17 year old body or, 
or I was going to have to make the decision that I was going to have to start living my life for me and not worry about my mother's validation, my mother's love, my mother's acceptance. I was never going to get that. And through writing this book, you'll find out in the end, there's some powerful stuff that I came to realize about my mother and about my expectations. And that's why I really want you to get the books. Go to it's just you and me kid.com. Go there, get on the priority presale list. It's important to make those tough decisions because once I open myself up to the possibility of going out and living my life and doing things for myself and actually making a better life for myself instead of constantly wanting my mother's love and validation, God, source, universe, whatever you believe in, open up an opportunity for me. And that he was testing me. He's like, Hey, you've made this decision yet. If you don't, you don't want to wind up in a pine box or a cop car, I'm going to give you this opportunity and opportunities are everywhere in your life right now. But where is your focus? Is your focus on lack and scarcity and, and, and all victimhood and everything else? Or is your focus on the fact that there's abundance and there's opportunities and there's the, the chance for you to do your best. And sometimes that really does require you to let people go and to make the toughest decisions and to free fall into nothingness and to trust and to actual believe you have to believe that you're here for a purpose. You have to believe that you're here for a bigger mission. And so I made the decision once it was afforded to me to leave that motel that I was living in. And I told my mom and I thought, you know, after four years of this shit, she's going to say, Chris, I fucked up your life enough. Please go take this opportunity. You deserve this opportunity. This is an opportunity for you to get out of this motel and go get a place of your own and maybe get a better life for yourself. But no, when I told my mom that, Hey, I need to leave this motel. She sat there and called me every name in the book and told me never to talk to her again and said I was being selfish and self-centered when she was the one that was being that. And as I'd listened, had I said, had I said, you know what, mom, you're right. Okay. Maybe, maybe in a couple of years, you'll change. I probably wouldn't be here talking to you guys today. And that's the God's fucking honest truth. But because I sat there and I said, I'm sorry, mom, I love you, but I need to get out of the situation for me. You have chosen to be in this situation. You have chosen to be a victim all of your life because your parents divorced when they were four years old. You have chosen to be a victim all your life because you've ruined every fucking relationship in your life. And you scared off your, you, you chased off your daughter. And that was tough shit to say, but I had to say it. And guess what? I left, but I still went back and I still helped her. But as a result of me getting out of there, I started getting around new people and those new people started giving me new ideas and those new ideas. When you think about this, that created a new purpose and that created mindset mastery and that created an opportunity for not having any excuses. One of my mentors said, Chris, why don't you go back and get a GED? I'm like, what the fuck's a GED? It's a general equivalency diploma. I was 18 years old at the time, 17, 18. And I'm like, I'm not smart enough to go do that. My belief was not there. My belief sucked because I did poorly in school because I found out I had a hearing issue and I had a vision issue. And because I did not, could not hear or see very well, I was afraid to ask, answer questions. So I was the one that sat in the back and did poorly, poor work. And so I did not have the faith and the belief, but because this gentleman sat there and challenged me, I took that imperfect action. I took that and I, I developed that mindset mastery. And because I made the commitment to put one imperfect foot in front of the other and make those phone calls and find out where I could get a GED and to go down and take the test. I was afraid I was going to take the test and they were going to laugh at me. I was deathly afraid, but I stepped I stepped into that. I made the commitment and guess what? I passed the test and I got the results. And as a, as a result of getting the results, I had the passion. I was like, wow, maybe I'm not that bad. I found out I made up entire high school in three months. I got my GED in three months. I dropped out of the seventh fucking grade. I was doing drugs. I was skipping class in the seventh grade. I made it up. And guess what? I started having fulfillment because I had the belief in myself and I started seeing the results and I started getting accountability and I started getting uncertainty and all this stuff that talks about in here. I started realizing that for myself and that's what you can do for yourself. 
And as a result of that, he sat there and my mentor said, okay, Chris, you got your GED. What do you think about college? And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me with this? We're like, what do you want from me? Like, I, there's no way I could go to college. But again, because I took the belief and I said, you know what? It's been working out for me so far. Guess what? All I have to do is walk into the college admissions door and say, hi, I'd like to go to school here. That's all I have to do. I don't have to worry about taking a class. I don't have to worry about getting my, my diploma. I don't have to worry about how smarter everybody else is or whatever different life they had. I walked in and I was scared shitless. I kid you not. I was like, they're going to tell me to get the fuck out of here. They're going to say, you have a GED. Ha ha ha. You can even get a diploma. I thought that in my brain, but I took that action. And when I walked in there, I said, hi, I'd like to come to school here. I still remember this to this day. I had long hair. I smoked cigarettes. I said, I'd like to come to school here. And I had a beard too. Um, I like to come to school here, but I have no idea what to do. Can you help me? And she's like, oh, sure. Come on this way. You know, do you have an idea what your major is? I'm like, I have no idea about anything. And so we talked about different things. And so we said, well, let's do your general ed and we'll make you a business major. And so I walked out of that school that day with my interpersonal communications book and a parking pass. And I became a college student that day. From being a seventh grade homeless dropout, I continued to move through that fear. I continued to take that imperfect action. And I went back and I told my mentor and I'm like, oh my God, I'm a college student. He's like, yes, you can. Yes, you can. But guess what my friends said? Oh, yeah, you're going to be a smarty pants. Oh, you're not going to party with us anymore. So again, I had to make more tough decisions. I had to leave the friends that I was so popular with. I was finally having friends. I didn't have very many friends for those four years of being homeless. I didn't get to associate with very many people. I had a girlfriend now. I was partying. It was the height of the 80s. It was Motley Crue, Bon Jovi. We were sneaking into clubs, going to concerts. I was all, all sorts of fun. But now I had to turn and dedicate my life to my own education and to my own passion to be able to have that resolve, to be able to create the life that I've created for myself. And as you know, 12 years later, 12 fucking years, I got my master's degree. The degree is sitting over there on my wall right there because I had that faith. I started to, I continued to persevere and I continued to make different decisions about my life and about myself. And I continued to surround myself with the right people. Who are you surrounding yourself with? Who are the five people you're around the most? What I want you to do is I want you to take a piece of paper and I want you to write down their names, the five people you're around the most. And are they positive or negative? Do you have a team? Do you have somebody that you trust? Do you have somebody that empowers you? Do you have somebody that holds you accountable? Do you have somebody that's a mentor? And they cannot be the same person. It amazes me how many people I talk to. I've got one person that believes in me. I got one person I can count on. That's fucking ridiculous. You should have a team of people that are pushing you all the time. I've got Patty. I've got Sally. I've got Jock. I've got Scott. I've got Lee. I've got Walt. I've got a ton of people. I've got Tara. I've got Mary Kay. I've got people for fucking days that hold me to a higher standard that when I'm not feeling my best, they can sit there and say, Chris, you are amazing. You are meant for greatness. I don't have people that are around me. Like, what do you think you're doing? Being a fucking no excuses coach, having a podcast called raw and scripted. You should be back at corporate where you made six figures where I was comfortable and you had six weeks of vacation and you had health benefits and you were in your zone of excellence. That's what people would tell me. People still tell me that to this day, Chris, why don't you just go back and get a job? Because that's not what I'm meant for to do. My zone of excellence sure is in leadership and operations and everything else, but my zone of genius is doing exactly this flowing from my heart. This is not scripted. This is purely raw from my heart to yours, because you know what I want? I want this world to be a better place. I want this world to be a loving place. I have a six-year-old son, six-year-old son. I keep him right here in my little picture of my family. I keep him right there. I want this world to be a beautiful place for kids and our kids, kids. And so every single day and every single way I wake up and fulfill 
that legacy that I fight for what's right and what's fair. And I will risk for what's that matter. And I will leave this earth a better place for who I am and what I do. Are you, do you have those five people in your life? No, no. Guess what? Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to check out these comments in a second. I'm offering this workshop. It's a workshop. You can go click the link. It's a no excuses, confidence workshop. It's two hours. It's $27. I won't even tell you how many people have not signed up, but how many people out there will hit me up every single fucking day and ask me for advice or sit there and say, Oh my God, Chris, you're, you're everything. So, but I know their life is fucked up, but they won't make that choice. They won't step into their greatness. Why won't you step into your greatness? Why won't you, what are you afraid of? I'm afraid of making a mistake. I'm afraid of failing. You've learned from all your mistakes. Have you not go make more, right? When have you learned the most in your life when things were easy? Oh man, things are fucking easy. Yeah. Woohoo. Or when things were tough, when things really are fucking tough. And then you can look back on those experiences and go, wow, I never want to repeat those. But guess what? I'm so thankful they happened because they made me a better person. They made me a stronger person. That's the way I look at every situation in my life. I go through tough experiences all the time. I wake up with anxiety half the time. I struggle sometimes with depression, but guess what? I had the tools and the resources within inside of me and every single day and every single way to know that it's all happening and it's all preparing me for what's next. Where's my focus? Where's my belief? Where's my attitude? My focus and my belief and my attitude is where my tattoo says right there. For those of you guys on listening on the podcast, I have a tattoo on my right forearm. It says, what doesn't kill me only makes me stronger. What doesn't kill me only makes me stronger. I had to tattoo that on my arm in 2016 when I was feeling very victimized. I was like, oh my God, I've been betrayed by these people and I'm getting fucked over by these people. And these people are trying to get me fired. And these people are betraying me. And these people are lying behind my back. And I didn't know who to trust. But I say every day is a new day and what doesn't kill me only makes me stronger. I went to my tattoo artist and I said, can you please put that right there? So when days I'm feeling like a little bitch and now I could say that because I, I have plenty of days, I still do every once in a while. What does it kill? What am I supposed to learn from this opportunity? What am I supposed to learn from this opportunity? Ask yourself, what am I supposed to be learning from right now? What am I supposed maybe I'm supposed to be learning not to take my husband's crap anymore. Maybe I'm supposed to be learning to tell my kids that they need to do their own laundry and make their own lunches. Maybe I'm supposed to be learning that I shouldn't be in a fucking job that I hate that I continue to bitch about, but I do fuck all to change it. Do you know how many people I talk to who have told me over the last four or five years, seven years, I can tell you this. They're in a fucking, they're still in the same shitty job. I don't know what to do, Chris. We'll keep fucking doing what you're doing. I guess what? You'll keep getting what you got. So I'm here to disrupt you guys today. I'm here to bring the heat and tell you guys that this life is so fucking short. It is so short. I know people right now who are dying of cancer. I know one person that's going to be dead of cancer in probably three weeks. I know another person that probably within another year. God's honest truth. I got my mother-in-law in the room next to me. She's going through cancer right now, but I know she's going to fucking kick its ass because guess what? I'm right here. And guess what? No excuses. Unstoppable. We fucking go. She's a warrior, right? That's who you need in your corner. You need warriors in your corner. I'm going to grab some of these. Uh, I'm going to grab some of these comments right here. Um, what's up? What's up? What's up? Uh, so Facebook user, I think this is uh, Patricia. Thank you, Patty. She goes, you are so right, brother. We have our own choice to make and hold the key to our own destiny. 100%. 100%. And thank you guys for being here. Uh, I know a lot of you guys watch the replay. So thank you guys also for watching the replay. Uh, transform every memory. You have done this in spades. Now you have this amazing program, which completely liberates us from suffering. Yes. When did it be okay to be complacent? When did it become okay to be mediocre? Ask yourself that. Hey, is it okay for me to be mediocre? Is it okay for me to beat myself up? When did it be okay? When did it become okay? It's that it fucking never became okay. Okay, then stop doing it. What can I do? I can start reading books. 
I can start surrounding myself with the right people. I can start making decisions that go in my favor versus everybody else's favor. Right. You think that, um, Patty here, we all need to move forward from the toxic toxicity. Yes. Right. Are you choosing to be toxic? Are you choosing to watch the fucking news every single day and believe that the world is becoming divided and stop it? Sure. It's good to be educated. Of course. But at the same time, what is it that you're focusing on? And what is it that you're starting your day with? I'll tell you this. I start my day every single day. And sometimes I do. I wake up with anxiety. I wake up. Oh my God. And then I sit there and I remind myself, I do my, I am statements. I am peace. I am love. I am forgiveness. I am kick ass. I am unstoppable. Then I say what I'm grateful for. I'm grateful for my son sleeping in the room next to me. I'm grateful for my wife sleeping in the bed next to me. I'm grateful for the fact that my animals are healthy and alive. I'm grateful that I have an opportunity to use my voice and my words and my actions to make a difference in this world for those people who are ready to listen. I'm grateful for the opportunity today to go outside and experience oxygen. And I'm not tied to a hospital bed. I'm grateful. I'm grateful. I'm grateful. And then the next thing I do is I set my intentions. My intention today is to use my words and my actions to make this world a better place. My intention is to be present and playful with my, my son. My intention is to be a rock star husband to my wife. My intention is to, my intention. And as I'm going through my day, if I'm having a shit day, did I set the intention to have a shit day? No. What is it that I can do right in this moment that can change those things? Again, the questions that you ask yourself will change the direction of your life. I'm telling you this. Um, Patty here, all... Uh, all I have to do is be, and you have shown us all how to be more. Thank you. Appreciate you, sweetheart. Um, so what do I want to do next? So what do I want to do next? Um, I got so many things in my mind that I want to share with you guys. Um, I'm going to go through these. So I kind of talk about this program that I do. So I have these cards right here. I've never shown anybody these cards. These are actually slides. I've done hundreds, maybe probably hundreds. I don't know if I've done a thousand presentations. I might've done a thousand presentations, but I've done presentations on relationships. I've done presentations on goal setting. This no excuses confidence workshop that I'm going to be doing on September 9th. That again, the link is in there. Um, or I'm going to be pulling stuff from all different aspects of the presentations that I've done. So I decided that I wanted to just pick out a couple of things. So actually I just picked out this card. I just picked out negative self-talk. So let's talk about that. How are you talking to yourself? Am I, do you talk to yourself like, oh, I'm so awesome and I love, I'm so, I'm loving myself and I'm appreciative of myself and I think that I'm out here doing the greatest stuff that I could possibly do. I feel like that when I make a mistake that I learn from it or is your, is your negative self-talk like, I always screw up. I can never find the right person. I'll always be miserable. I guess whatever it is that you're saying to yourself, is that working for you? And you think about that negative self-talk, where does that come from? Again, it comes from those beliefs. And those beliefs will create your attitudes and your feelings and your actions. So what is it that you can do? You can stop talking to yourself that way. When did it become acceptable to talk to myself like shit? When did it become acceptable to talk about shit? I was, uh, Bob Donnell was on my live earlier today and he says something that I love to repeat all the time. I always give you credit, Bob, if you're watching, um, when it becomes acceptable, it becomes inevitable. When it becomes acceptable, it becomes inevitable. Get a rubber band or go get a fucking no excuses band. And when you catch yourself talking negatively yourself, snap it and say, stop it. And how can I rephrase this? God, I always screw things up. God, I don't always screw things up. There's two words I want you to eliminate from your vocabulary, always and never. You don't always screw up. You would not be fucking where you're at right now if you always screwed up. Oh, I can never have a good relationship. Oh, I can never do things right. Guess what you're doing? You are pre-programming your mind and your body and your actions and your beliefs to continue that path because you're not feeling worthy and loved. 
Let me ask you a question. Would you allow the person that you love the most in your life to speak that way to themselves? Your sister, your mother, your husband, your kid. Would you let your kid, oh, I always screw things up. God, I'm such a piece of shit. No, you'd be like, no, you're not. No, you're not. Your love. Oh, look at all the good things you've done. But yet you don't do that to yourself. You don't remind yourself of all the great things that you do every single day. All the different things that you do for other people. Start taking care of yourself. Start loving yourself. Start talking to yourself differently. Wow, I may have made some mistakes in my life, but you know what? I'm appreciative of those mistakes because they caused me to be the person that I am today. And now because of who I am today, I'm excited of who I get to become tomorrow. Who do I get to become tomorrow? Who do you give it to become tomorrow? Who? I want to share some questions with you. Questions. Think about this. When you're in a particular situation, ask yourself, is this getting me closer to or further from my stated goal? Now, I know a lot of you people are out there um, are health conscious or trying to be health conscious, right? And you're overweight, you're unhealthy, you're on blood pressure, medications. Don't even talk to me about that. That's, that's another fucking other story. <laughs> What's up, Dennis Nermella? Thank you, brother, for being here from China. He says, what we become, we become what we think about. Yes, that is oh so true. That is also true. So when you're thinking about a situation, ask yourself, is this getting me closer to or further from my stated goal? Again, going back to that previous slide that I showed you, what is your purpose? What is your mission? How is the end going to come about? And where do you want to be with the end in mind? Do you want to be healthy? Do you want to be in a happy relationship? Do you want to live a long life? Okay, just take those things in mind. Or take in mind what you don't want. I don't want to be lonely. I don't want to be unhealthy. I don't want to be in an old folks home. I don't want to have cancer. Okay, then in those moments where you're looking at a fucking bag of M&Ms going, is this getting me closer to or further from my stated goal? Well, sugar is, uh, uh, cancer is attracted to sugar. Sugar does absolutely zero fucking good in my body. So guess what? I'm not going to eat the M&Ms anymore. I'm going to throw them in the fucking trash. And guess what? I'm not going to buy them anymore. Maybe I'll have a treat every once in a while. I'm not saying deprive yourself, but ask yourself, is this getting me closer to or further from my stated goal? Staying in this relationship with my best friend, supposedly my best friend or my, my husband or whoever it might be, is this person getting me closer to or further from my stated goal? Is this person ever going to change the way they feel about X, Y, and Z? Is this, is this going to be a situation where I'm going to settle for mediocrity for the rest of my life and then I'm going to wind up on my deathbed thinking about all the things I could have done? What can you do? What regret would you want to avoid the most? Think about that. And then every single fucking day, ask yourself, am I doing the things that I need to do to avoid that regret? For me, I don't want to die early. I don't want to leave my kid behind. I don't want my kid to grow up without a dad. So guess what? Every day and every way I'm making healthier and healthier choices about my life. You know, I'm not perfect. I like to party. I like to have a good time. I like to eat a cheeseburger every once in a while. But compared to where I was five years ago, I mean, Come on, guys. I'm 72 years old. I fucking look good. Nah, I'll be 55 next year. And actually now talking about this, you know, talk about where it is that I'm going. My goal, my intention, my specific vision is that I will be in the best shape of my life when I'm 55. Have you said that before? I'm going to be in the best shape of my life next year. Or are you just hoping to maintain where it is you're at? Or are you hoping not to get worse? Or do you feel like you're a lost cause? Again, change the negative talk in your life and those things will change. Ask yourself this other question when you're thinking about stuff. Will I be happy with this decision tomorrow? Will I be happy with this decision tomorrow? I've got a friend of mine that I'm coaching right now. That's one of the biggest things that's helping her. 
Will I be happy with this decision tomorrow? Sure. In that moment. Oh my God, it feels so good because why we're running from the things that we're afraid. We're running from the things that, that, that have us scared that we have, we're running from the things that we're trying to avoid. So what do we do? We go to our short-term gratifications, sex, sports, shopping, Netflix, fucking whatever. If I hear one more person tell me that they binge watch Netflix, but they haven't fucking read a book, Jesus Christ right? Unless you're binge watching Netflix, it fucking makes you grow and think there's so many opportunities out there. There's, you can go on YouTube and watch Dr. Wayne Dyer videos. I, I challenge you guys to go to do that. If you're in a miserable place, go on YouTube and watch Dr. Wayne Dyer videos for the next two weeks and tell me how much different your life is, how much different your perspective is, how much shit you've let go, but ask yourself, and will I be happy with this decision, decision tomorrow? Sure. It's going to feel great in the moment, but when you wake up tomorrow morning, like, wow, I did it again. I sabotaged my success again. I accepted that I'm going to be mediocre. I've accepted that I'm not doing my best. I'm here to wake you up, guys. Wake up. Um, another one. What am I creating? Ask yourself in your life right now, what are you creating? Are you creating peace? Are you creating love? Or are you just trying to survive? And I know a lot of people out there are trying to survive. I'm a part of a couple of groups and I know people are at their wits end and I do not make fun of that whatsoever. But what is it that you're going to do to change that situation? What is it that you're going to do to find, to do your best? You know, I talk a lot about my coaching program about being resourceful. Are you really truly doing your best? Right? A lot of people talk to me about excuses. I don't have time. I don't have money. I don't have the knowledge. Da, 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 X, Y, and Z. If I change the amount of leverage in your life, you would find new resources for you to find more money and more time. I was working with a client recently and she's like, I said, I said, uh, talking about all this stuff. She goes, well, I just don't have time. And I said, well, talk to me about what you do. So, well, you know, I have to make my kids lunches. I have to take care of the laundry. I have to do my husband's stuff and blah, blah, blah. And by the end of the day, I'm just exhausted. And I just want to sit down and watch Netflix. I'm like, how is that working out for you? And she goes, it's not. And I said, what would it feel like if you actually gave your husband the responsibility of doing the laundry and you gave your kids the responsibility for making their own lunches? How old are your kids? Nine and 13. Okay. Oh, Chris, you don't understand. They would never do that. La, la, la. I've been doing it for so long. It's just what I have to do. All right. The, then then have some regrets. Let me give you a serving of regrets because guess what? You're not doing them any favors. You're not doing yourself any favor because guess what? If you got hit by a bus tomorrow, would their laundry not get done and their fucking lunch is not made? No, they would figure it out. And that's what you guys got to do. You guys got to stop tolerating that. You got to stop accepting that mediocrity. You deserve more. I don't give a fuck what anybody else said before, who anybody says now, you deserve more. And guess what? When you start giving yourself more, more love, more positive reinforcement, you start going for your dreams, you start holding yourself accountable, you start doing your best, you start taking care of your hydration, your nutrition, your sleep, your exercise, your vitamin D, you start feeling better, you start doing better, you start having better relationships. Guess what? That vicious cycle of insanity and stupidity starts to switch. And you start to feel unstoppable and you start to have that belief and you start to believe, you know what? Wow. What would happen if I got even around more powerful people? What if I made a commitment to go to two seminars a year where I could walk back and I can actually apply three different principles that I learned from that seminar, be making that decision to invest in myself. Where else might I be in three years, five years, six years, 10 years? It's not about where you're going to be tomorrow necessarily. You got to have a vision. Like I talked about in that diagram before, when you have a vision, you have a purpose, you have mindset mastery, you ditch your excuses and you find resources within yourself and you start loving on yourself and you start making those decisions. Either people are going to get on board with you or they're going to be like, oh, what are you doing? You know, and then you have to sit there. I, I wish you well. I wish you well. Uh, truth be told, my sister, last time I saw my sister, you'll hear about this in the book. I was nine years old and she said, I'm sorry, baby brother. I can't take mom anymore. I'm going to go live with my dad. 
I was nine years old. I'd already been abandoned by my biological father. My mother was not present. And then now my sister was leaving. And then I was also in a house of the abusive uh, alcoholic, uh, my mom's husband. And there's a whole bunch of fucking stories in there. And so she left. I was nine years old. She's like, I'm going to go have a normal life. See you later. Bye. Because we had different dads. I don't even know my biological father, but that's another story. I reconnected with my sister. She was 42. So uh, she was uh, seven years older than me. So whatever, do the math. I was in my 30s. All I ever wanted was a family and I reconnected with my sister and I fully expected her to be successful and happy in all these different things. But guess what? She turned out exactly like my mom. Exactly. I documented in the book. It's unfucking believable. And she's like, how's your mother doing and blah, blah, blah. And I found out that she blamed everybody for her, her illnesses and her, she went into the same profession. My mother did got fired from every job, never had a stable relationship, never had any kids, never had any happiness. And, and as we were reconnecting, she said, baby brother, how did you not turn out like mom? And I said, because I fucking chose not to, because I made those hard decisions because I sacrificed it because I did my best. However, I could possibly do it in those moments. And guess what? I didn't, but I'm still here supporting mom. And I'm still here with her because I love her and I appreciate her. And if I had gone through the situations that mom had gone through, maybe I might've been like her. Now, let me ask you a question. How in the fuck did you turn out exactly like her when you left at 16 years old to go live with a normal father? I didn't turn out like mom and fucking loses her shit. I'm like, wow, that's how ill you are. You cannot see that you have a house full of cats. My mom had 30 cats when we got homeless. We only wound up with 18 in the car because that's all we could catch. You know, people like 18 cats in the car. I'm like, there was about fucking 30 cats in the house. But unfortunately, the sheriff showed up and we had to let them all out. That's another story you'll read in the book. Um, had all that, had a, a ton of books in her house. I, I there's that's in the book too. That's crazy. That's as crazy. Went to the same profession. My mom went to the same profession as her dad. And then my sister went into the same profession as my mom and yet hated her and yet turned out exactly like her. Guess what I had to do with my sister? I had to wish her well. And it sucked. And I'm not going to lie. I sometimes, I don't have any regrets about it. There are points in my life where I think, man, it'd be cool if Jackson had an aunt and if she could have actually gotten her shit together. But I can tell you this, I can follow her on Facebook. She is still the same person. And to my mom's credit, she said, your sister's going to do me one better. If I'm 55, I'll be 50, I'm 54 right now. So do the math, seven years, uh, she's 61, something like that. I don't even know. Um, she's already in an old folks home. She's already using a wheelchair. Uh, she smoked cigarettes. Last time I saw her, um, she looked her, uh, terrible. Um, and so I had to say, you know what, Maria? Um, I appreciate you. Um, we share some blood. We had a couple of memories as kids, but I'm not going to stick around for this because I knew there was no way she wanted to change. There was zero desire. And I know for me, I would have tried for the rest of my fucking life to change her because I tried that with my mom and it didn't work. So guess what I had to do? I had to make another tough decision. I had to put myself first. And I said, Maria, with all God's love and honesty, I hope you have an amazing life. I hope you and your new boyfriend work out. And I hope you get everything that you want and that you do really turn out happy. But please do not ever contact me again. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. We share some blood. We share a mother who you don't even identify with. You couldn't even call her on Christmas. I wish you all the best. No regrets. Had I stayed in that situation, I'd be batshit fucking bananas crazy, probably trying to figure her out. It sucks. You do have to make tough decisions. You have to make sacrifices. Monica Kretschmer has been on this show before. You guys have heard me talk about her. Amazing individual. She talks about this story, how she used to give to this homeless woman's charity. 
she would give, she was very affluent, had money, you know, very good. And she had a seven month old son, but she was in a, a very toxic relationship. And to the charity that she used to donate to, she had to call and go to because she had nowhere to go. And you talk about resiliency, you talk about, you know, oh, sucking it up and like having to eat crow and be embarrassed and be, I get chills when I think about it. She's created the Universal Women's Network in Canada. It's the largest women's network because she made that sacrifice because she said, you know what? It's not about me. It's about my son. It's about not tolerating this shit anymore. It's about letting go of the ego, letting go of the things that I think it should be instead creating that what it should be. And you can create every single moment of your day. You are creating every single moment of your day. Ask yourself again, is this getting me closer to or further from my stated goal? That's a pretty powerful question. Monica is a, a tremendous individual. I highly encourage you to go back and find that podcast. Um, she, we actually just recently did a, another uh, special podcast that if you're interested in, I can send it to you. She's a tremendous soul and she's out there rocking the world and she's setting the example, but she made those sacrifices. And you think about your life. Will you regret the things that you're not doing now? Do you think that you're going to get younger? Do you think that you're going to get prettier? Do you think that you're going to get any? No. But what you can do is you can get more intelligent. You can get more resilient and you can decide, you know what? I came here to fucking kick ass. I came here to kick ass and take names and chew bubble gum. I came here to really live my life. And because I've heard this guy, Christopher Roush, this raw and scripted guy, I'm going to do that. And then you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to take my successes and I'm going to go help other people have their successes too. Because that's what humanity needs right now. We don't need people saying, oh, you're a fucking supporter of this, or you're this, or you're that, or blah, blah, blah. You fucking like the, the country song of fucking from a small town. John Cougar wrote a fucking song about small towns. Shut up. I'm sick of this bullshit. Let's help humanity. Let's help ourselves every single day in every single way. Wake up with the intention to love yourself. Wake up with the intention to do your very best. Go to work tomorrow. And instead of just trying to get through the day, ask yourself, maybe I could talk to my boss today and say, you know what? I'm ready for some new responsibilities. I'm ready for this. Or start acting as if, start taking a leadership responsibility. Start doing something different, right? Take responsibility for your life. Nobody's gonna come save you. You're not gonna fucking win the lottery when you don't even play it. But you get the opportunity every single day to step up, to step up. Let's see what other, let's see what other cards we got in here. Let's see what other cards we got. Blah, 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 blah. You know, we talked about that, talked about that. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Passion. Do you have passion in your life? Do you have passion for the things that you're going for? Or are you just existing in life? There's two things I talk about. You either be living life or you can be existing in life. Again, that's your choice. What is it going to be? What is it going to be that's going to change for you? Are you going to have to hit rock bottom? Are you going to have to get some illness? I know somebody right now who used to be in way better shape than me, who was on 20 different medications. Do you think they regret the fact that they let themselves get that way? Granted, they're still alive. They're still functioning. There's I could, I could tell you this. I was recently put on blood pressure medication and just on a super low dose, but that's not 20 medications. And I'm not going to be on that forever. That's for fucking sure. But guess what? I feel the effects of that. And there is no way, shape or form that I will ever allow myself to get that way again because I was making different, I wasn't making the best choices for myself. And I accept that responsibility. You need to accept responsibility for where you're at. 
And once you start accepting responsibility and you start taking progressive actions, what's one thing I can do today that's a little bit different than I did yesterday? Can I make sure that I drink half my body weight in ounces of water? Can I talk to myself a little bit nicer? Can I catch myself when I call myself an idiot and say, you're not an idiot. You're actually pretty smart. You made it this far. And you did. You've survived 100% of every fucking thing you've been through. 100%. You are still here today, no matter where you're at. And I know a lot of people are struggling right now. But you're here today. And guess what? If you're blessed to wake up tomorrow, when you wake up tomorrow, what am I grateful for? What are my intentions? What are a couple of things I can do differently? I was just talking with somebody the other day um, saying, okay, why don't you get up at five o'clock in the morning, work out for 20 minutes, read a personal development book for 20 minutes and journal for 20 minutes. You know what they said to me? Their life is shit. They said, I'm not a morning person. fucking kidding me. You're miserable. And all I'm asking you to do is wake up at five o'clock in the morning and do three things consistently for three, six, nine months, get 20 minutes of exercise, go out, listen to an audiobook. come back and journal, read a personal development book, read my book. All you have to do is start doing stuff that's out of your comfort zone. If you're not a morning person, then do it at night, do it in the afternoon, do it on your lunch hour. I talk to people all the time. What do you do on your lecture? Oh, I go eat and I go do this. I'm like, do you imagine what would happen if you took every single day for that hour and you dedicated, you brought your lunch and you read a personal development book. And then maybe perhaps you actually taught somebody what it is that you learned in that personal development book that day. Maybe you did a blog post and you did that every day, even did it on the weekends. Oh my God, Chris, my weekends, 365 fucking hours. How much different would you be? How much different would you be? 365 hours of reading a personal development book, listening to an audio book when you're in sitting in traffic and then going home and talking to your family. Hey, guess what I learned today? I learned a little bit of a relationship thing that's, that talks about responding versus reacting. And I think we do a lot of reacting here in the family. So why don't we do this? Why don't we pump the brakes before we want to react emotionally? And instead, let's take a moment and to seek first to understand, then to be understood. What happens if you did that in your family? Oh, that's fucking stupid. All right. Well, guess I need a new family. Uh, I'm not being that drastic, but you get my point. Every single day in every single way, you could do 1% better. You could take one more step. You could eat one less bite of food. You could push yourself a little bit harder. But when did it become acceptable to be mediocre? When did it not, when did it not become acceptable? You fucking awesome and kick ass and like, oh my God, dude, I'm crushing it. It's not going to be easy. It's not, I'm not telling you it's going to be easy. Good Lord. No, I went to the gym today. I was tired. I was so tired, but I said, oh, Chris, all you got to do is get in the car and go to the gym. Even if you just do 15 minutes, right? I challenge you wake up tomorrow morning at five o'clock, set your alarm and say, you know what? I don't give a fuck what I, how I feel at five o'clock. I'm going to get up and I'm gonna put my shoes on. And all I'm going to do is walk out my front door. All you have to do is walk out your front door. If you get out your front door and you decide you want to go back and lay in bed and go back to the life that you don't like, that you don't love, that you don't think you deserve, then by all means, go back in there and do it. But once you're out that front door, fuck, I did it. I'm actually going to go for a walk. I'm just going to go for a 10 minute walk. I'm going to put my headphones in. I'm going to listen to my playlist in the music. I'm going to listen to some fucking ABBA to dancing queen. I'm going to go for a 20 minute walk. Then I'm going to come back and I'm going to pick up a book. 
I'm going to pick up the five regrets of the dying because maybe I don't want to have any regrets. I'm going to fuck. Oh my God. Oh my God. All these people have something in common. They just let their life pass them by. Guess what? I'm not going to do that. Guess what? I'm going to get up tomorrow at five o'clock and I'm going to do the same fucking thing. And then the same fucking thing every single day in every single way, that 1% improvement will change your life. I'm sitting here today. Former seventh grade homeless dropout had zero confidence, would not speak in front of anybody. I speak in front of thousands of people now. I just got finished writing a book. I'm doing courses. I'm doing all sorts of things. I'm an amazing father, irregardless of the abuse and the fact that I didn't have a biological father in my life. I've never laid a hand on my kid. I have changed my entire life one step at a time, one step at a time, because I believe that everything happens for a reason. And I believe that once you ditch your excuses in favor of results, it's pretty incredible what you can get. I could go on for hours. Um, this was completely raw and unscripted. I decided that I was going to show you guys my a couple of things, some cards, and I decided that, that I was going to speak from the heart so that if this is the last thing I ever do, God forbid, that when my son watches this and my family watches this, you remember that eulogy? Did he fight for what's right and what's fair? Did he risk for which that matters? Did he make the world a better place for what he did and who he was? Yeah. Sorry, my face is itchy. I don't think I've got my cat hair on here. So what? There is greatness within you. Les Brown. I got to meet Les Brown. Les Brown told me he could put me on stages, but he couldn't do this. He didn't want the bandana. He didn't want the swearing. He didn't want the kick-ass. didn't want the tattoos. And I said, thank you, Les. I love you. I appreciate you. And I continued on my way. Doing the small things in great ways. 100%. Pause, think, respond to get results. Yes. So here I've inspired you. Here I've got you riled up. So what are you going to do? Are you going to be that person that wakes up at five o'clock tomorrow morning? Oh, maybe I'll start next week. What would it feel like if you just said, fuck, shut up, shut up. I'm tired of hearing that voice in my head that says maybe next week. No, I'm going to do it. Maybe there's something else I could do. And here's a, here's a powerful exercise. I'll leave you guys with this. Tolerations. So often we don't realize how much we're tolerating. So what I want you to do again, and this is a serious fucking exercise. We're going to be doing this in the workshop as well. What are you tolerating from yourself? What are you tolerating from others? And what are you tolerating from inanimate objects? And I can tell you this, your list is going to be small at first. Oh, I really don't tolerate much. I tolerate the fact this and da, da, da. I was just working with my coaching client the other day. She's like, I really don't talk. She goes, inanimate options. I don't really think I tolerate much. And I said, talk to me about your day. How do your cupboards work? How does your dishwasher work? Is anything wrong with your car? Is that a front door? Does it stick? Does the window stick? Do you, what it, does, the, does, the, does the fan buzz? Does We came up with a fucking ton of tolerations. What are you tolerating from yourself? Oh, I tolerate the my that I give myself excuses. Okay, what would life be like if I no longer tolerated my excuses? Oh my God, I would get shit done. Ha ha ha. Who's making that choice? You. What am I tolerating from others? Laziness, complacency. What would happen if I said, you know what? I'm not going to tolerate this anymore. Well, they get the fuck out. All right. Maybe we need, maybe we marriage counseling. Maybe, maybe it is time for me to get the fuck out. You know whether or not you're in a relationship you love or like. I know a lot of people, a lot of people who are in relationships they do not want to be in, but they are scared. They are scared of be getting out of their comfort zone. They're scared of the uncertainty. Again, you want to live your entire life in a relationship that doesn't make you happy, that doesn't fulfill you, that doesn't make you smile, that doesn't, yeah, 
The first couple of years are going to suck. You're going to be lonely. You're going to be scared. You're going to be uncertain. I know a lot of people who have pulled that trigger three, four years ago. They have met the people of their dreams. They're now getting married and I'm not making this up. It happens. Is it not going to be, is it going to be hard? Yeah. Think of Monica. She left with a seven-year-old baby to go live in a homeless women's shelter. And now she's created the Universal Women's Network. What do you want to create with your life? When are you going to decide you've had enough? That's another great question. When will I have had enough? Oh, maybe when he beats me some more. Oh, maybe when this happens, maybe when this, maybe when I have to really hit rock bottom. And sadly, I've seen it so many times. Unfortunately, some people do really need to hit rock bottom, but you don't, you've got the tools and the ammunition right now. You guys got the tools and the ammunition right now. Plus you guys can go to the no excuses workshop, go to the no, it's 27 bucks. For two hours, I just went on an hour and this was raw and scripted. We're going to be talking about training stuff. We're going to have you doing exercises. The reason why it's 27 bucks, because I want you to show up. I've done them for free before. And I'm going to show up. I'm going to show up. I have a hundred people register and three people show up. Those three people got amazing value, by the way. And don't forget, it's just you and me kid.com. Get on the priority presale for this amazing book. This book I am super fucking proud of. And so this book will change your life. Get on the priority presale list. There's a bunch of extras you can get. You can win free coaching sessions with me. Help me make it a bestseller. And to each and every one of you who's watching this and listening to this, we're in 20 different countries. We're in the top 15% globally of podcasts. I love and appreciate you. And I mean this with all my heart. I could not do this without you. I would not do this without you. Together, we are a team. Together, we are humanity. Black, white, short, straight, gay, Republican, Democrat, any fucking label you want to put on it. We are humanity. I donate blood every eight weeks. I'm a negative. Probably five days after I donate blood, I find out that I help save somebody's life. Split us all down the middle. We're all the same. We all want the same. We all deserve the same. It's a question when you decide to make those choices for yourself. And I want that for you. So whatever I could do to help you, whatever questions you might have, please, please reach out. I know a lot of people are struggling and hurting right now. I'm not here to make zillions of dollars. I'm here to change humanity. And so I encourage you guys to do that. And with that, I am going to go spend some time with my beautiful family and go have some dinner. And uh, Facebook user says, you have completely ripped a tear in the soul of reality. Love you, XO. It's Patty, the Believe Peep. Yes. Patricia is why. I always call you Patricia because I'm so used to that. But Patty gave me a wristband that says Believe. I still have it years and years and years ago. And so be looking for some great stuff. I'm just going to say that. So I love you guys. I really do from the bottom of my heart. Um, we'll be back here again next week. Ron and scripted. We got a great guy who's going to be talking about questions. Bob, I think I'm pronouncing his name. Tidy TD. I'm not exactly sure, but he's going to be back here. He's going to be on uh, the show next week. So go out there, be brilliant, share this broadcast out, tell people how amazing it is because it is from my heart. I love you guys. Ron and scripted Christopher Roush.